1: They may not be that smart And they may not be
0: that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian View from the Ninian is proudly sponsored by Cardiff Classic Shirts That's vintage football and rugby shirts sold and bought with cash paid you can find them downstairs inside the Pumping Station Antiques House on Penarth Road 11 till 3 Wednesday to Sunday excluding Cardiff City match days. Here at View from the Ninian, we've brought a number of shirts from Cardiff Classic Shirts and we can vouch for their quality and price. That's Cardiff Classic Shirts inside the Pumping Station Antiques House on Penarth Road 11 till 3 Wednesday to Sunday excluding Cardiff City match day. It's the existential crisis uh, pod this week on the View from the Ninian. as Cardiff fans have seemingly gone into meltdown. Maybe drawn back from the edge, who can say? Um, it's been a bad week for Cardiff fans. We're going to discuss it. Joining me as always, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben, uh, how's your eyebrow after a game of football? Oh, well, yeah, I've said to Tom, you went here for this bit.
1: Um, I didn't actually play, it got you too wet, play. and, I, I, and just said... sat, I just sat on the side and watched it. I was like, this
0: ain't happening too wet to play football, even in your goggles.
1: Oh, that's the problem. The irony is, in my goggles, they're the only goggles that don't work with water. Oh.
0: Sounds like you've got a dead pair of goggles there, Ben.
1: So I just, yeah, I paid £20 to a very, very worthwhile cause. And you can still donate now. Check Alternative Wales' yeah. uh, Twitter feed for the link to donate. Uh, I paid £20 of my own money to sit on the bench and pretty much get abused for not playing by Laura McAllister's daughter, who just went around nicking sweets off everyone and then just giving me grief because I said I'm not playing because it's raining.
0: I mean, it sounds deserved. I don't know if it sounds deserved to you, Tom hundred
2: percent. Yeah, cowardly behaviour. Yeah, cowardly custard. Tom, um, anything to report from the weekend? No, nothing happened as far as I'm concerned. Nothing to report back. I'm sure it'd be a short part. All
0: right, there we go then. Let's talk about Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth. Um, it was a 3-1 loss down at Home Park, which is a long way from Home Park. Um, let me tell you that. Um, Tom, uh, let's talk about the start of the game because that was actually quite good, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it lulled us into a false sense of security, didn't it? I thought we were the the much better team uh, for the opening exchanges. I think they hardly got the ball off us. Um, we looked comfortable on the ball. We, we looked like we had a bit of purpose. Um, and when the goal came um, early on in the game, it was one that we thoroughly deserved, I thought. I think the atmosphere was quite flat in the home end because I think they sensed that we were on top and we were pretty buoyant in the away end for a little bit because... Yeah, It was a really, really good start to a game and one we haven't seen for a while probably. I think we looked confident um, and like I said we thoroughly deserved that goal when it went in.
0: Um, ben, let's talk about the goal. Um, I think you tweeted it in exclamation on Saturday that Perry NG is now our top scorer. Um, he's a right back. I'm not sure how he's done that uh, but it was a pretty instinctive finish from him. Obviously a corner into the box, it kind of bobbled around a little bit and he got on the end of it. Should we just bite the bullet and play him up front?
1: No, because we need him in goals as well, don't we? That's the problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. We need him everywhere. Yeah. If we could clone him, like we did mm-hmm. what was that sheep? What was that sheep called? Dolly the sheep. Dolly. Dolly. So I think next step is a
0: angry scout. Dolly the NG.
1: Yeah. Dolly
0: the NG. Talk about the goal, Ben. Come on.
1: Oh, yeah. It's good, isn't it? I just <laughs> wasn't expecting it sort of just sat there watching it. Ball comes in. Lovely little finish. Um yeah the comment the of commentary were talking up about how effective we are from set pieces and yeah it sort of came as soon as you said that we scored it was well deserved like you said we were like massively the better team i was really yeah. enjoying with playing that first 35 40 minutes knocking about just everything we didn't create a huge amount of like clear-cut chances but we just controlled the game which we haven't done for a long time um Well, I think, like, we'll look at the WhatsApp group, and I said, at the time, Reuben Colwell's running the show, and I effing love it. Um, Yeah. There was a follow-up message to that that changed. But, yeah, to start with, brilliant start. And I think, yeah, Perry's goal sort of capped off like a very, very good first 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, my WhatsApp exchange with um Aaron Hocking from Argyle Life was of a similar um uh, ilk, and then when they scored the second goal, I put him on do not disturb, so he couldn't text <laughs> me anymore. Um, so if you ever you know need someone to stop bantering you, that's the way to do it. Um, uh, but yeah, I said we were good. I, I literally texted him saying before the game, said we're good from set pieces, and then when we scored, I went C, and then that was the, the the best it got really because um Tom, it was it was pretty much all downhill from there, wasn't it? Um, it's it's an odd one, isn't it? Because we were good for that opening half an hour. Obviously, we scored, scored the goal after 10 minutes, uh, but it just kind of seemed to fall apart from there. We kind of took our foot off the gas and um, they scored on half an hour and, and it kind of killed our game really, didn't it?
2: Yeah, completely. We went from a team who looked confident to one that had zero confidence very, very quickly. And I think yeah. that's the only problem if we start games like that and we do control the games, we need to score more than one. Because we've got this like minor meltdown, not even minor anymore, meltdown in us meltdown. where yeah, yeah, where we just are completely bereft of confidence because we do lack that kind of attack and thrust. Um, we don't have a clinical finisher. And I think that almost like creeps back into the minds of our players when when they drew level, I think there was most of the away end were thinking, well, that's that then where I don't think that would have been yeah. like that with Cardiff teams in the past, or possibly even earlier in the season, you know, where we were coming back in games and stuff. But at the moment, yeah, we're, we look like a team out of ideas. And that's why we've got Perry and G as our top goal scorer. You know, that that first goal was because the defender didn't anticipate that. They just hit him in the chest. You know, we're, we're relying on mistakes and set pieces for us to score goals at the moment because there's no other outlet for us. Um, and, you know, we, we've had it in the past where, defenders have been our top goal scorer or been to- towards the top of the charts and we've got promoted yeah. but it's not quite like that at the moment because there's not- it's not like the goals are shared around we're just not scoring many
0: um ben obviously we praised ng for the goal but could some criticism be leveled at him for their equaliser i think from where i was stood um it looked like he was backing off the the crosser. It looked like he was waiting for someone to potentially come and cover a cross instead of trying to cut out the cross. Gave him too much time and space, and the crosser was able to pick Hardy out quite easily. Um can you do you blame NG for that or, or or is there something else to blame there?
1: I think it's just indecisive. He doesn't know if he should go to him uh or sort of like give it like sort of just wait for someone else to come in. Um I think at that stage, Perry's got to make the decision to go to the ball and cut the ball out because I think. There's no way that ball should be going in there. he so much time on the ball with so little pressure. I think, yeah, I think it does have to some of that blame
0: does have to lie with Perry on that. Um Tom, you know, half time came, halftime went, uh, with changes to, to to happen. Argyle life, uh, Aaron Hocking, he's asked, does Bullet see the errors? He means errors of his ways. Your change of shape at halftime was incredibly stupid. Um I, I don't think it was stupid. Tanner was having a stinker um we were getting balls in behind our defense we needed to do something about it um it just didn't work though did it that that change of tactic we looked all at sea for the, the start of the half and we never really cut recovered from it
2: no we didn't really recover from it but it didn't even feel like a change of tactic as such though it felt like i don't know from the away end it felt like we did the same thing but we're in a player who was out of position yeah you know with like yeah. romeo it was like I thought when he brought him on, okay, perhaps we're we'll shifting at the back, we, Romeo will drop in, but it felt like he just went in the same position as Tanner and did just as an inadequate of job. Where yes, I've been I think a lot of us have been critical of Bowler at times for but like you know for some of his performances, but that felt like the one to do, you know. It's, but and then he eventually didn't.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. And then it's like you undo what you did at the start. So you're using two substitutes to get to the same position that you want to be in to start with.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what options have we got? I I can see that he's just trying something at the moment, yeah. bullet. Because you look at that bench, and even you know you've got Siopis on it, and I think we said if he doesn't start a game, you ain't really bringing him on for an impact because that's not what he does. He's not going to go on and win you a game. He's solid. You possibly bring him on if you're one or two up. Um, we're just we're just crying out for you know a bit of depth, and you know we bring on a Atati and. I think he's been all right this season. But again, I'm not backing him to change a game. No, And uh, yeah, I don't think it was the great, greatest decision in the world. But at the same time, I don't know what I'd do instead. I think we were all about the time. I, I, I genuinely look at that bench and go, there's not much you can do here. We, we've got our kind of wild cards already on the field at the beginning with Tanner and Colwell, the ones that we normally rely on to come on and change a game. So when they start, we've kind of got nothing to follow it up with. I saw the logic know. in it.
1: Like, I did see why he made the change. Like you said, Tanner was having a stinker. Yeah. Grant wasn't getting the most – like, Grant was either playing – like, him and Cole seemed to be switching between, like, the right-hand side um, and sort of alternating there, one in the 10, one on the right. And neither of them really get – well, Cole was sort of – for first first half seemed all right, but Grant never really got in the game. I think he's much more effective either, like, solely on up top on his own or coming down on the left and cutting in. Um, so I understand why he made that. It is just baffling why he's looked at that and gone. And I can sort of see why it is because there was a lot coming down that side, and a lot of yeah. their attacks were coming down their left. I think you stick another defensive player on there, they'll double up and cut that out. But it just didn't make sense to me, just why you've he, gone for Romeo, who's been ineffective and not exactly like even at his best when he's played for us. He was never the most. His biggest criticism was he's not the most attacking of fullbacks. To go for that and think- not change the shape two three at the back and use the barriers yeah. to stand the back. That's where it sort of got confusing for me.
0: Yeah, it was. And I I, I just think, to, to Tom's point about the, the lack of options on the bench, it says a lot when, you know, you've got someone like Raheem Conte on the bench where everyone in the stands going, who's that? Because, you know, we don't really know who he is. He's not really been near the first team before. Um, I mean, it's great to see youth team players on the bench, but it says a lot that we've got a very thin squad and there's three or four youth team players on the bench filling up the spaces. And they're never really going to play, are they? Especially in a game that you're losing or in a game like that. They're never really going to come on as much as we'd like to see them on. You know, would Ash would have been a good option later on? Probably. But we're never going to do it Um it's just putting them under more pressure.
1: Um, what sort of annoyed me with them in the squad though? I look at like someone like Joel Carwell, Like, that midfield wasn't... He... It was a poor midfield dis- display all round, especially in that second half. I mean, what is the harm of taking Wintle off and bringing Carwell on? Wintle's not going to win you the game. Carwell's like young energy might bring something else. It- it's a change. that could have happened. I think if I've got, I love seeing youth players in the squad. Uh, but if you get a name them in the squad, be prepared to use them. Don't just sort of leave them there and just use it as an excuse to travel up. Oh, it's a nice day out for him.
0: Uh, Let me start on for anyone. Um, let's talk about the second goal, Tom, um, from Ryan Hardy. Um a bit of a bit of a calamity, wasn't it? Uh Cross comes in, Gutas is monitoring him, he slips. Then Hardy seems to have three or four seconds to react, and it goes through Armwick's hands. Um just a shit goal to concede all round.
2: Yeah, and it feels like I've seen it numerous times before. Um we were <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate for Gutas, but he is sometimes off balance because he is so kind of just everywhere and he throws himself into yeah. things. So you kind of get every now and again. And I do think it's poor goalkeeping. I know it's yeah. snapshot. I know he's hit it hard, but you expect him to get something on it from that angle. I, and it doesn't even deflect off him. It just misses him. And he, he looks almost kind of flat-footed. He's almost already kind of crouching and leaning back, which I kind of get because you kind of brace yourself. But, I'd be a little bit disappointed there. Like at any level, to be honest, if, a keep, if someone beats you from there, I'd be a little bit disappointed as a keeper. And I think what's even more disappointing is the fact that, like you said, hard is so much time in the box. It feels like we never get that. We never have a yeah. load of players in the box with a ball at their feet, with time to shoot on goal. And even in the latter stages of the game, the, Plymouth put eight men back and we had two in the box at one point. We haven't got people doing that. So it's, it's frustrating on both counts. It's poor defending. And why can't we get in positions like that as well? But yeah, it, it, it's just, it is poor defending. I feel like we've had a lot of those kind of goals this year. We've kind of gone, is it the keeper's fault or not? I'm not quite sure. But if you're saying it over and over again, then some of them probably are.
1: Are we letting McGuinness off? No, probably not. He just no, stands there. He doesn't react. Or Gutas is over. And to be honest, it's McGuinness's side as well. McGuinness isn't like he's marking a man and stopping anything. McGuinness is just flat-footed, puts his arms behind his back to block any handball, but doesn't go to close down at all. I think if McGuinness moves and closes him down, he doesn't get the shot off. Like, is yeah, Gut- I, Guter- I think- it's a calamity all around. I think, yeah, like I yeah. said, poor goalkeeping. He should say that Guta shouldn't dive in like he does. But I still think, like, McGuinness really lets himself down by not moving at all and sort of reacting to get that ball.
0: Um, yeah, I think you're right. And, and Ben, is it also disappointing that... From there, we didn't really spark into life, did we? There was one moment where obviously Collins and Oh a bowler had a nice shot that was deflected. Collins had that shot that would keep it tipped over the bar. But that's the only real chance in the second half, isn't it? There just seemed to be no forward gusto behind the team.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to, like Tom said, a few things of like no players getting in the box. Earlier in the season, I think one of the biggest changes we saw was from last year was we were scoring goals in that box because players were getting in there and flooding the box. That stopped mm-hmm. happening. And just the lack of belief all around. As soon as that equaliser went in, it just felt inevitable that we weren't going to score Definitely. again. Yeah. So that's sort of where the issue is, isn't it? It's, it's it's a team and a fan base just very much
0: flat with no real belief in themselves at the moment. I think it's funny because we're very in sync as a fan base and a team. And we're very in sync to the point where someone the other team score, we all immediately know what's going to happen. And we all immediately know that the game's going to get away from us. You know, you can feel the kind of belief sucked out from the pitch into the stand and everyone kind of the murmuring start. And there's, you know, fact, You know, there was uh, Tom at the game on Saturday. I don't know if you felt the same, but second half, there was barely a murmur from the fans, was there? There was a lot of kind of disjointed chanting, but it wasn't really unified like it normally would be.
2: Yeah, the only times it weren't flat is when we were calling our own players' names. I think yeah. it, it was a very angry away end and even when we were 1-0 up, I think there was a lot of negativity there. Um, But not just negativity, like vitriol at times. And I don't know whether we had like a a louder faction bias, but God... Tell your story. Tell your story. After about 75 minutes of the game, I did turn around to the book behind and just asked him like, do you even like football? The negativity is just unreal because it was the C bomb. Like it was just like it wasn't just. It was to every player, to every member it of was, staff. It it felt like you, and it, and it wasn't just him. There was a group of them. And like it was just, oh, I knew we'd lose. I said it before the game. It's like you did. I said well, so. Why did you come then? But like I get that. Like football means a lot to people. But it wasn't that. It was like it was just venting and venting and venting. And then at the end of the game, it kind of it turned again. Then where. The problem is when you have an away ground where the tunnel is in the corner next to the away end, it gives yeah. easy access for idiots to give abuse. And I get it; I've, I've had the, like debates in the past on whether you should boo or not. And I think people are entitled to boo for it's a bad performance. But when you're two yards away from a football player, swearing at them, calling them I've every, name and him. Them, yeah, and then Twitter goes mad saying, "Oh, the players are giving the fans abuse." No, the players are shrugging their shoulders because. Yeah you know, dozens of men are shouting in their face and they can't do anything about it. If anyone else was in their workplace and someone was five yards away from them calling every name under the sun, you're probably going to react and probably react worse than that. So, you know, we're quick to get on the players' backs. we kind of got to look at ourselves at times. Like, it's not a good way to behave. Like, there's a difference between kind of like football banter and then just abuse. And especially when it's at your own... It shouldn't be at anyone, but like when it's at your own players like that, then they're not going to come out next game and play for the fans because they think the fans are going to turn to them at every opportunity, and, you know, it's a balance. Well,
0: one of the players who took the kind of, the brunt of it was Jamalou Collins, um, and actually because he came over to almost like hold his hands up and either, again, apologise or, or 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 ask what, you know, kind of say, why are you having a go at us kind of thing. Whichever you want to view it as, I don't know, I wasn't close enough to see it. But then someone after the game tweeted saying that he told the fans to fuck off. It's like, why are we, why are we needlessly spreading Rumors and untruths about a player who's on the verge of signing a new contract, who is knackered this season because he's had to play almost every game. Wasn't that bad on on Saturday? It was one of our better performers, Um putting a decent. Always shows up as much as you can say he hasn't been great this season. Collins has been in the team and been, you know, looking for the ball and trying to make something happen every week. It's just he's had to carry the can at left back because there's no one else to play there. Um I, I agree. I agree on that point. You know, I, I I think I said to you at the time. I think people are allowed to be angry and allowed to be annoyed, but going down the front, it looked like, you know, you see it on, you've seen it with Newcastle players this year when they've gone down to them and been like, "What what's going on? And the players have to come over and it creates this, like, social media moment. I feel like there was an element of that going on, that people were looking for something like that, to be able to post on social and go, oh, you know, this happened with the players after the game and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I, I, you know, the players you could see at the end of the game, they were talking to each other on the pitch. They didn't want to come over to the, the tunnel. They didn't want to walk past us. They delayed it as long as they could. because I think they knew what was coming. But also, right,
1: you, you like- Tom, you were spot on with like, your reaction, but we know what our fans are like. We've all seen, like, Tom, you saying that bloke, they're constantly dropping the C-bomb, and I'm not one to sort of have a go at people swearing, but, like, Collins has come to face up and have a chat and sort of engage with the fan base, which should be respected. If someone's called him, and let's be honest, they're going to say some nasty shit to him, you shit, you're this, you that, if he's told him to fuck off, don't then start crying on Twitter because he's told you to fuck off. Yeah it's a right reply like it's just i don't get the whole oh he should never play for our club again try
0: him on a new contract sign him down um what i will say about the guy who stood behind tom though is that um after tom said oh you are always this negative he did say um i made new year's resolution to stop being so negative um and tom what did you say (laughs) i can't remember now what he basically just said I'd well, i hate to see what you were like when you were really negative.
2: Oh, I did say that, yeah. He said it was the leads he said it was the leads give that tipped him over the edge. So like, oh, great. So that lasted a long time into the year. But at the same time, I don't blame him for that. But like it was like sods law. Like as soon as I called him up for being negative, everything went wrong again. And I was like, Yeah, okay, fair enough. And he kept tapping me then. I said, Yeah. <laughs> and I, was like, yeah. I was like, Yeah, I was like, Yeah, fair enough, actually. He said, this is why I shouldn't have said anything in the first place. They were basically like, they, basically
0: yeah. For the whole no of problem. the last 15, 20 minutes, the old guy, basically had his hands on Tom's shoulders every second going, oh, what about that? What about that? It was quite <laughs> funny.
2: I didn't say he was wrong to be negative. I, I no, simply asked him, <laughs> are you always this negative? And it turns out, yes. So there we go. It's fine. It
1: turns out he's worse.
2: Yeah, it turns out he <laughs> yeah. is worse. Um, ben, obviously, you know,
0: we've talked about the Plymouth game. It, one of the worrying stats for me after the game was that we came after the game um, and I think we had three shots on target and no shots off target throughout the whole game. Uh, three shots were blocked. Um, but it just shows how, at the moment, how little we're creating and how little confidence there is in the team.
1: I'm surprised it's that many. I Other than Bowler's shot, I can't really think of many. I'm sort of there. Well, you, had Collins, one... you
0: had the goal, you had Bowler's shot and there was three block shots as well. Yeah, it's, it's... So I don't know. To two were in one bit of play, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah,
0: it's very, it's very little.
1: It's very few. yeah. You've like had dip over, wasn't it? Like that half volley that he sort of yeah. yeah. It's um, yeah. It's it feels very much going forward, m- much like last year, doesn't it? Um, sort of desperately, sort of hoping that we get a set piece and something comes of it because, yeah. Can you remember last time we scored like from properly open play?
2: No, and th- there was a start in, I think, one of the Argyle previews that said we, we've been offside the least out of any team in this league. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense, right? Because we're not making those runs to be incisive. We're not trying to get between defenders. And then you look at Plymouth's last goal, and like, that's what they do that we don't. They got the ball from near where Atete was, where we don't put a tackle in, straight through our midfield, out wide, and Whitaker through the middle to tap home. We don't score those goals because we haven't got strikers making those runs. Yeah, like we, like every goal, it it feels like our goals have to be worldies or scrappy. Like there's no, it it, it like you said, it doesn't feel like we've had a well built goal for a while. Really, there might be a couple yeah. in there, but they don't stand out.
0: I think we're going back to Sheffield Wednesday for goals from open play. I hope the, the the away win two one. Um, I'm pretty sure the winning goal came from open play because it was like a breakaway goal. Um, I think Grant's did as well. Before that, though, when we beat Millwall, that was a corner. Um, when we drew a Plymouth, that was an own goal and obviously Grant volleyed it after it came out from a set piece. QPR, both goals came from set piece. Our goal are against Plymouth from a set piece. Um, going back to Preston Cardiff, did UGBO's winner come from a... That was open play. So Had he- so he- de- he- de- But you're right. We don't score many goals from open play. Um, and I think... That's a problem, isn't it? Uh, and it's obviously something they're looking to address in January, but there's a whole section to talk about with January. But I thought we should go for Twitter first, because um, Twitter's been in meltdown somewhat, shall we say. Um, we've lurched from existential crisis to existential crisis over the last few weeks. Uh, so let's delve into the comments, and then let's talk about everything that's going on around the club with our Um, First up, the Raspin Dog howling... Uh Hal Bennett benefactor. I personally don't think Bullet will walk. What manager is going to walk away from their contract? However, it's a ballsy gambit. And if there's one thing we know, VT and Dalman don't like ultimatums. I think sadly we'll go on a hunt for a new manager shortly. But Bullet is not immune from criticism. His tactics at home are so turgid and turgid and his subs have been questionable at times this season. Reese Spear says with just about every player in the Turkish league, Ilik, more and more being linked, who do you think is likely to come in? Also, Ramsey back in training. How much do we need him right now? Um Ben. We'll talk about transfers in a sec, but Ramsey coming back is a big boost, isn't it? We've seen him in training this week. It's talking he'll be around for Watford. Um we kind of need that boost now, don't we?
1: Yeah, it feels like it's the oh it's like the first bit of good news since in months. Since he it signed it. Yeah, it probably is. It's just <laughs> a really weird feeling. Um just to see like the social media pictures were very funny as well. It was very much first day back on the job. You know, when you're sort of in the office having like around making that cup of tea. That sort of yeah. wonder they were having, like they clearly like it. It's not that miserable of a place, but it just they could have picked better photos for that to sort of like be there because Ramsey's kind of sums up
0: the mood, doesn't it, at the moment?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and it, they it, just yeah, look it, just... cold and miserable and pissed off.
0: Yeah. Uh, Blue Flyby says despite recent reports of a bullet he was pepped to many people about three months ago a proper manager there is something there with Errol so I totally agree when you say if he goes it would be yet another damning indictment of the club's hierarchy never a dull moment honestly not sure where we'll go if he did walk it would be a disaster 15 senior players and no manager at that rate league one footy Barney Davis, Barnaby Davis says the board issue is one thing, but what are we actually trying to do to win games, we pass it side, them back. If it was quick, I would understand the tactic of moving the opposition into places they don't want to go, but it's so slow with no intensity, no inju- it's urgency to win. Um, Tom, I kind of had that thought during the, the first half, I think, of um, it was probably the second half actually, the Plymouth game on Saturday. We kind of s- at times playing the football that we were very critical of people like Fulham were a few years ago, which is we're passing it sideways, sideways, back and forth, back and forth without ever really going anywhere. That has changed from earlier in the season, hasn't it? Because earlier in the season, we were, as much as we were passing it around better, we were still getting forward quite quickly.
2: Yeah. I think that's the difference. right? I think like we had to go like Fulham for it, but they eventually got someone scored goals and they got something out of it yeah. where we just haven't got that side to it at the moment, like at all. Um, and it, it sometimes even looks nervy when we've got the ball when we pass it amongst ourselves. It, it doesn't look... Con- it looked controlled in the first half and then it feels like we're doing it for, you know, doing its sake. Um, but yes, yeah, it definitely lacks a bit of urgency in the moment. But it's a combination of leggy players and a lack of quality that are really shining through. Yeah um lee gardner says twitter and meltdown the return you guys literally
0: have a spin-off pod just on this subject things are shambles at the moment would like just some stability for a period of time is that too much to ask barry jones there's only one way to go back the manager and show the supporters that carter city is going forward with money to back the manager simon field says errol's mood has been more downbeat since the christmas meeting with vincent tan and that's likely to have reached a dressing room it's not all in doom all doom and gloom but sometimes But something needs to happen by the Watford game, even if it's just the return of Ramsey. Uh, Pep, unfortunately, this was going to be a difficult window due to previous embargoes. We haven't got a fee for a player in a couple of years and we are paying some hefty wages. FFP is a concern, but I also believe that EB should have been told the situation up front. We hope he stays. John T. Williams, typical CCFC. What is your take on what's happening at the board and manager level? We'll come into all that shortly. Uh John Shed, I like Bullet. The type of player he brings in is exciting. But what if we have no money? What if the players he's asked for breach FFP? Would all this anger towards the board be unreasonable? Also, why do we play our forward three out of their best positions yesterday? Oliver Reese, I don't think fans purely understand what FFP entails and its implications. We're essentially two years behind financially, so deals will be hard, especially in January. All well and good saying tan out, but that's not going to solve anything soon. The next two weeks will be telling. Blue Army appreciate that we've had multiple injuries and not brought in signings as expected. But what has happened to our team since October? We're lacking in all areas. Are the players in second gears? So they all expect to be replaced following Bullets' comments on signings. Ben, I don't think the players think they're going to be replaced. It's just we've got a thin squad and a knackered right.
1: Yeah, it's a severe lack of quality and just a lot of players are running to the ground. You've lost your best player very early on. He's been missing for months. You've been missing another crucial attacking player. Or cover at left back it is just a lot of players that have played a lot of football and um, just absolutely knackered and just they're shattered and low on confidence it's a dangerous combination it's not a
0: winning combination that is it? it isn't a winning combination Forever Blue 86 i'm a big supporter of bullet and agree with what he says but and this is a big but heart and fight does not come with quality and there is neither right now and you have to ask why not to say he should go but he clearly is not inspiring the players right now for some reason David Charles, couldn't get a ticket for yesterday, but you know it was bad when the Sky Sports highlights last only one minute, 59 seconds, and that includes slow-mo replays for all the goals. Dan Lages, the fans and Bullet were promised investment in the club. The board have failed again. I'm glad he stood up to the broker promises, but it now seems to be the start of the same cycle. Lee Spears says, while I share Bullet's frustrations for not signing anyone, are the board going to allow him to sign players for money when we've been really poor since November? Also, how damaging for the current group's morale must it be for Bullet to continue bemoan their lack of quality? Uh, Matt, Bullet's someone not good enough to blindly back after the performance since October, but far too good to sack six months in. The sort of stuff he talks about pre plymouth about building a foundation and structure should be enough reason to back him. And Terry Hansen says, Guardiola couldn't do much with this bunch. Bullet has been saying for months, eight of those nearly players have got relegated and they don't look different. Defenders can't defend. Strikers can't score. We just have crappy players to discuss. And the final question is from King K. And this one's about your shower habits, lads. Shower gel or a bar of soap? Discuss.
1: Oh, shower gel. I'm not a 90 what year type? old pensioner. I've not got what's that? What's that one with like the plastic imperial lather? Is it? Imperial lather, brand yeah. Noises to have, yeah,
0: imperial leather's nice, man. I knew you'd be soap. I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm shower gel man. I just have to take the alternative permission, <laughs> p- position on this. <laughs> this isn't um, the BBC. Pop...
1: We don't have to have alternative points of view here.
0: Well, no, someone's going to come on a bit and argue that you don't need shower gel because it's got toxins in it. That bleach his skin or something
2: tom uh shower gel man but i've got a question about this um go on do you face towards the shower or away from the shower i
0: face away from the shower i face towards the shower head on head on the sort of shower pole and just slightly weep to myself Uh, i've got to go back to work but then i would ask a supplementary question about that what kind of shower do you have? Do you have a shower that's attached to the wall or an overhead shower? Because I think that changes things.
1: Yeah, shower attached to the wall, so it's like well, it's taps.
0: Yeah, and it's, Based, the- it's overhead, a
1: rainfall. It's not a rainfall shower. I've no.
0: got I've got a rainfall shower because um, uh, our previous house owners left it in there. I didn't choose it, but it is banging, and I prefer to stand away from that because it just flows down over you.
1: Do you start singing like Bullet <laughs> from a Valentine the whole time as
0: well? What do I sing in a shower normally? Uh, um at the moment it's a bit of Kublai Khan, Texas. Um, if anyone's into their their hardcore music. Um we should probably talk about batter or bullet man, <laughs> lads. Uh, yeah, shower yeah. What shower gel do you use though? I'm ben, the um the mint? Original one. mint? Yeah. yeah, thought you would be. Tom, I reckon you're a L'Oreal five in one. Uh
2: no, I'm a no more team. No. Um I'm uh, all Bulldog Everything at the moment. It's been christmas oh, okay. i had bulldog gift packages from all up, all over the shop so i'm using that
0: very nice i've currently got a Radox one um because it was all different shower gels for different needs twitter.com forward slash Ninian for all your shower gel based questions um do you face the shower or do you face away it's the big question they're all asking this week um right after saturday's game ben and tom the existential crisis around this football club seemed to Grow and explode into something bigger. Well, Errol Bullet delivered what I'm gonna call we're gonna call him Errol Bullet's bullish bluebirds. Um in his press conference. Um he delivered his bullish post-match uh, comments, um, basically saying he has to question his future at the club. Sounded like a lot of broken promises. Said he um is unhappy with a lot of things that are happening at the club. Um I'll come to you first, Ben. Obviously, there's an ongoing saga at the club over transfers. This has been running since November. Um, there's been almost constant weekly conversations about who we're looking to sign. Errol's been hinting at certain players. We're week three, 22nd of January at the time of recording. No players have come in yet. I don't think it's isolated to us. If you look around the league, I think there's something like 14 transfers um, have been made um, across the league so far. This transfer window, two of those have been permanent. There's been a lot of movement out, but not a lot of movement in. Do you think, after everything that's happened and everything that's going on at the moment, was bullet right to come out and be as bullish as he was and say what he said then?
1: Yes. And no, it's, it's refreshing. Oh, boo. Sorry, but it's, it's refreshing <laughs> to see a manager join in the meltdown. I think that's yeah, a new one nice. for us. Sort of good. Truly reflect in the social media way and go, fuck it. I'm joining. This looks like fun. And probably just go, well, this is shit in it. Um, okay. That, that was nice. But also I read and help things on social media. and really sort yeah. of like, it was a, poor display and like there's a lot of people saying the questions like bullet's got to take some responsibilities for that because like yes the players aren't that good but that's not a good Plymouth side that we lost to today uh, on Saturday they're not a good team like my positioning of them in the league uh, the predictions is an absolute joke considering that side um Mm -hmm. so yeah you can sort of come out and say it's this it's that it's the board's fault there's broken promises but that result a lot of that result sort of hangs with bullet and probably isn't the right time to sort of make those comments i know he was asked the question but um yeah i i like i love his honesty i think it's great but i don't think that was the time and place for it maybe thursday sort of further down the line if like what there's a press conference not if it, i don't know if there will be because we haven't got a game but if there's sort of an update later in the week or sort of the end of the window then you can make those comments but right now i don't think that was the time to do it because it's not exactly sending a positive message to players that are looking to come in either is it
0: No, it isn't.
2: Um, Tom, what's your view on his comments? I think it's tactical, right? I think no one's come in yet. He's trying to put the pressure on. If they don't back him, then the fans aren't going to be blaming him. They're going to be blaming the board. And I think he can sense that a little bit. So I I do think there's a bit of gameplay in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think he needed to be quite as fierce as he was, but I kind of get it. You know, he's clearly... Frustrated figure at the moment, you know we haven't played well for months now. We've had the odd result here and there, and you can see he's a frustrated figure. He's been ill, as I like to blame everything on. Um, yeah, and you know Not it's just nothing. Yeah, bad weather. No, but it, nothing's going well at the moment. So you know when you're when you constantly ask questions about stuff, and when he was very well, far from subtle when he was on about transfers earlier on, you know he's kind of. He's kind of bitten himself there, like you know. You, he's mentioned, he's not denying names and stuff like that. I think it's a very different window if we get someone in early. You know, when we were linked to that um attacker from like Turkey, if he comes in, then it's different. You know, the meltdown doesn't quite happen in the way it has, but but I'll Mm -hmm. stick with it at the moment. Like, in terms of there is still some days left in this window, perhaps he's just trying to give the board a kick up the ass and people may come in and then it may calm down again. We're like one or two results and a couple of players coming in away from it calming it down again, I think.
0: Um Ben, do you understand do you do you see his frustration with obviously everything with the transfer window? You know, when you when you when you see the public kind of shows, or we go back to November when when Tan and, and, and Dalman were having meetings with him about plotting their January transfer window, you know, he's probably being given the belief that there was going to be transfers happening, and and now all of a sudden things aren't working for whatever reason. I, I know he's brought in his new recruitment guy. Do you do you understand his his frustration when he when he lashes out like he has?
1: Oh, massively. I think he's been sold one thing, and there's a lot of sort of backing on a, on promises now from the board. Um, this isn't sort of like there's a lot of talk of like FFP and stuff like that, but the club have been projecting this and sort of know where they've been with FFP for a while. If Bullitt's yeah. been promised money and sort of sold that that's where his frustrations will come he's been told look scrape us through until january which is clear which it feels to me from every comment he's made he sort of was like even as far as sort of like before in august it was look with, with it, january things are different this is where
0: we'll go Yeah, yes we'll really
1: and that's basically what tan and darwin have said in the press as well but when yeah. when it was all hunky-dory and everyone was happy with it it was very much wait and see where we are in January and, we'll ha- and we're and we looking to have a real go. Now we're sort of, was it 22nd today? It's just not happening. I can completely understand why he's pissed off and why he's frustrated with it. I totally get it. And I totally get the fans' frustration with it as well because it's, again, the board and the owners not delivering and sort of taking the good press and sort of living off that and sort of riding the quest of that and saying, yeah, yeah, when it comes to January, it'll be good. And then the second is not good in January. All right, Dalman's come out with like, I think it's a 2 words like a two sentence statement today, basically saying, Well, Bullet's not gonna quit. He's an important part of what we do. But it's all talk, no actions, which is typical of them at the moment. And typical of them, their whole regime. I think that's a what there is. There's a lot of good talk. We're still waiting on a training ground from 2013, for fuck's sake. I mean,
0: I don't know, it's just it's just a mess. From them. Uh Tom, do you do you believe Dalman? Obviously, he he spoke to Rob Phillips earlier today and said. I mean, he said th- three 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 lines actually, Ben. So give Dalman some credit. He's going nowhere. Errol is an important part of our plans, and he said, "I want to assure supporters we are making every effort to get players in. It is difficult, but we are still optimistic." So far in the market, there has been little movement, and then he went X-Files and said, "Little movement." Then he went Exiles and said, "We are not alone." Um, so, you know, if you're David Cofney, maybe there's a, a job for you here uh, for Memo. Um, do you think, Tom, do you believe Damo when he says that Errol's going to stay here? Do you think they could do more to show that faith? Because I certainly do.
2: I do think he'll stay. I, I don't think he'll go. I think I genuinely think he was just trying to like give him a bit of a rocket and, you know, and try and highlight that we need players in. Um, and I do believe we are trying to get players in. but But at the same time, you know, we haven't got a Great track record, like you said, we've had empty promises before, and you can see why they do it, right? Because we were all we, we you know, we kind of bought into the beginning of the season and so they're back, they're back invested in it, you know. There's a new lease of life there, yeah. And then they they, they know how to do that, like kind of temporary build-up and then watch it slowly drain, and then they'll do it again, and then they'll let it slowly drain. So, you know, I'm naive enough to believe them all the time. So i i but like I do believe we we'll have a couple, they're trying to get signings in, but it does get worrying towards the end of the window and you know if I was a player looking in at our club at the moment and I'd seen a manager saying that he's gonna walk, I'm not going to be wanting to join that club you know it's not like we've had a good couple of results recently either, so it does get a little bit touchy towards the end of the window because we're not really doing ourselves any favors here um. And yeah, like I understand the frustration because the board did—they did say that they would invest money in January, and that is the mm-hmm. problem, right? You know, it, this isn't—we're not trying to read between the lines. Here. They actually said that there would be investment. No, in we're just—we're just reading the lines. There's no in between. Yeah, lines exactly. All three. Reading. All three. All three of those. All three lines. the lines. Yeah. So you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm still in the same camp as I was last part where I'm waiting until the end of the window before I get frustrated, but. It does. But yeah, I, my uh, confidence is wavering slightly as we approach it.
0: Um, ben, I've you know, i got my thoughts on this, but I'm going to ask you the question first so I can actually then give my opinion. Um, that's the way that works here. Um, <laughs> do you think that the kind of the, the bullet, the bullet issue represents almost like Tan and Dalman being at loggerheads, right? When you saw it last summer. Dalman was the guy who championed Bullet. was like, this is almost like my appointment. I'm back. I'm re-energized, as Tom says there. If Tan, because ultimately we still know that Tan is almost like the power holder at the club. We still know he uh, retains ultimate kind of power and decision-making abilities. If he goes unilaterally and goes, we're getting rid of Bullet. I don't want him in, what does that mean for Dalman and then the rest of his relationship with the club, right? We know a better and engaged Dalman on whatever level is better for the club than a not engaged Dalman. If, If Tan steps in, does that mean Dalman turns off?
1: He has to. I think if, if this bullet experiment doesn't work, given darman's comments the last few months, it makes his position under tan untenable. Un, un, untanible. 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 And un untenable. Vincent tanable. You were waiting uh, for that. that's uh, what you want. You want it. Uh, uh, uh,
0: that's all I wanted to say. No carry yeah.
1: on. So I think, yeah, look, everything that's gone on with this and sort of the summer and Darman saying he's his man, he's this back, and Vincent's on board. Um yeah, if this does go tits up, then Dalman's got to go. He's either got to look at sort of doing what we think he's going to try and do a sort of a takeover bit at some point or he's going to have to leave the club because he, he's been made to look like an absolute mug again. But this time, Tan seemingly has got properly gone over his head to make this call. And yeah, it just leaves no... what well, There's no one's going to believe, like, trust what he says. There's no power or authority there and Darman Dalman there as soon as that happens, is there?
0: No, and, and my concern, um, um, and thank you for asking, um, is about um, Dalman, is that, um, as I said, Dalman, I think Dalman potentially becoming disengaged represents almost like an existential crisis for the football club in a sense that he's the one who's looking after kind of like the court case and looking after the Salah stuff. And he's the one who's pushing through with that kind of thing. If all of a sudden we get Dalman who's disengaged and burnt by whatever happens with um, Tan's decision-making, kind of him going to, potentially going over his head, if all of a sudden he doesn't want to potentially has less passion for pushing that court case through or less passion for the kind of regulations and the legal side of things when it comes to the football club, all of a sudden we could spiral out of control again. Because I think he's been keeping a lid on that over the last few years. And say what you want about his public persona. Say what you want about we don't see him very often. He's been very dogged in that court case and very one, a very myopic in how he's approached that. If all of a sudden he, he turns off and doesn't want to know anymore, that could fall apart very quickly. Um, and and his and, and and that's a massive domino for this football club because if all of a sudden we don't get the money that we we're, we're expecting we don't go for the court case we're expecting that provision on the balance sheet becomes something we have to pay properly that we're not going to get the money back for and that's a huge a huge worry for the football club and that's my concern with bullet bullet the, the bullet thing is almost like a domino that could knock a lot of things over
1: i understand that i think the one sort of saving grace with that not happening properly in Dalman, properly not sort of thrown in the towel there is there's his own money invested in the club right now there's, yeah, he's there's a lot of money he's owed a lot of money and that's the only thing that would stop that from happening um when i say it's like just becomes hell i mean as like he's chairman isn't
0: he and then can Choose ceo yeah he's chairman t- to ceo and dalman's own something like 10 to 15 million pounds in loan um with interest
1: and that's a lot like for, for Vincent Tavon, that's a lot of money someone like dalman's Openly admit he's not quite as wealthy as he's a wealthy man, but he's not as wealthy as Tack. <laughs> oh, so, I've
0: only got the 10 million pound to throw around, I'm not that wealthy.
1: Yeah, so he's not gonna sort of just throw that away and write it off, is he?
0: No, I don't think he will. Um, Tom, the, the issue of FFP keeps coming up, um, financial fair play regulations. I'm asking you the hard question here do, do, do you know what it, that means?
2: I don't think you know the answer, not a clue. <laughs> and I think I think a lot of us don't know what's going on Um,
0: it's getting thrown around a lot isn't it but I don't really know like I I appreciate we haven't we haven't brought in much fees over the last few years but then again we haven't spent that much people talk about our wages but obviously we cut wages last summer to be compliant I I think there's a lot of misinformation there Tom
2: yeah I think it became like the flavour of the month didn't it I think a couple of people started complaining about it and it kind of took fire but like I, I just don't understand it. I think Ben Price is currently trying to do a degree in FFP on Google as I'm trying to come up with an answer. Yeah, I can see FFP I'm show, I I'm, yeah. I'm
1: I'm going to be very pedantic and say it. I don't think we actually go under FFP, Financial theory. Okay, I think we're we, we profit and loss. I
2: yeah. Think. There we go. So I don't even know the name of it, never mind what it entails. So there's your answer, Ben James. I don't have a clue what's going on.
0: Oh, very good. I'm glad we do this podcast then, informing <laughs> the masses, uh, informing those who are listening to us. Um, ben, it's um, uh, Paul Abandonato, um on Twitter has said that Vincent Tan um, is flying in this week for further talks, for meetings with Dalman, yada, 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 all that good stuff. Apparently, it was planned before all this happened. There's, you know, I'm sure many things will be on the radar. But in your view now, would you give Bullet a new deal? Obviously, he's kind of lobbied for it in the press, he wants to stay. He's got a year. There's a, there's talk that he might have an extension at this time now. Would you give him a new deal?
1: Personally, I would because you've I th- I feel like long term, like the results have been shit and the performances haven't been great. But long term, Errol Bull is still the man I want to see take this club forward. Mm-hmm. I do it because you've got to do something because it can't be the short termism. Because I don't know about you boys, but half of me today was expecting to see Errol Bull has left the club, and then an hour yeah. later, please welcome to City Steve Bruce like, it, it well, just that, felt like...
0: Darren Purse has been installed as manager for... Yeah, it just felt years. like it was going
1: that way. So, I think, like, if the club really want to sort of make a statement and really sort of show that this is... If that's what they want to do as well, like, again, sort of making the assumption that they want to have a go at this. If they want to try and make something of this, they're going to have to hand him a longer-term deal in the year and sort of quash this sort of short-termism. Not that a contract's worth that- anything. I mean...
2: Yeah, I think, like... All of the stuff has happened makes sense when you kind of piece it together. You go, you've got Bullock going, I want a new contract. Then him threatening to walk, as if you're trying to push the thing of getting a contract to stop him doing it. It all kind of fits mm-hmm. in. And it, it it just shows how mad this club is at times. It's like, you know, that that sent like Ben sent to start with, we're not playing very good football and we're not getting very good results, but I'd like to see the manager have a, a new contract. And that's how much we're crying out for stability here. Because it's been yeah. so, you know. It's just been all over the place for so long that we're just crying out for anything that's just stable. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, he's the right man for the job with the right backing as well. But the problem is it doesn't feel like we're going to get all those things at once. If we get a new contract a Bullet, will will they bother backing him? You don't know. That's the problem with this club at the moment. It, it feels like we can't have too many nice things at the same time.
0: Um, Yeah. We can't, um, and that's why we haven't signed anyone yet, isn't it, Tom and Ben? Um, obviously, it's the final sort of 10 days of the window, um, well, eight or nine days, if you will. Um, last year set the the kind of record for the latest signing ever. I believe it was after the Luton game, which was on February 2nd, because that's when the window closed. And even at that point, when the window had closed, Lamucci was in a press conference saying, I Don't know if we've signed him. I don't even know if he's in the building. I don't even know who we've signed. Um, so if we can do anything better than that this year, it will be a result. Um, and didn't that end up the being big... Wickham. No, no, it was it was Cabba. Basically, he said he didn't really have him yet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think Wickham had potentially already been signed by that point. Um, what a signing he was, by the way, Connor Wickham. Still not got a club. Um, the main name that's being mentioned, probably doing balloons though. The main name mentioned this week, Ben, has been um, Andre Illich, uh, baby Mitro, if you will, Serbian striker from Valarenga. Um They've been relegated, so they need to sell, apparently. Uh, I think it's 11 goals in 16 games um, in the Swedish league. Scored about 33 goals in 65 games in the Latvian league. It feels like a signing that makes sense for Cardiff City, doesn't it, Ben? Tall striker.
1: Yeah, like if we're not going to get Kiefer, get someone else in and... Baby Mitro is sort of the nickname like that, I'm all for it. Hopefully not quite the same like sort of views as Mitrovic because he seems like a bit of a prick.
2: Yeah, but did the Ayatollah to goals? Good good views. Not yeah, all great of views. them. Not all of them.
0: <laughs> I don't. I, so I, I have not heard a bad on. word about Mitrovic. Um, <laughs> great man, great footballer. Um Tom, would you be happy with signing Illich?
2: Yeah, it's one of those exciting ones where we know absolutely fuck all about them, but the, but the stats so look good. Goals
0: yeah, well, go.
2: That's all that matters, isn't it? Exactly. No, but they're the types of like signings we get excited about, isn't it? Just like, oh yeah, someone from abroad who we can't slate because we haven't seen anything from them. So, Oh, our yeah, friends
0: I... could slate him, Tom. Don't you That's worry about point. that. Yeah, I, I've, I've got, got a friend a now who's if, if we'd signed Luis Suarez after his contract ended this summer, someone would have said, oh, he's too old. He's too bitey.
2: He is too bitey. I think that's probably scored, right. He would have sc-
0: lit- scored a few goals in the championship, though.
2: A little bit racist as well. So, I think that oh, was a bad, bad example. Bad example. Yeah.
0: All right, I'll go um, Sergio Busquets, because he's gone to um Miami as well.
1: Yeah, they'd moan, oh, fucking hell, the midfielder Ramsey and uh, Busquets. How old do they want that to be? <laughs> he's too slow, isn't
2: he? Um, anyway, yeah, that's I'm excited about, about, about that side. Yeah, if, if we do that's make about, it.
0: That's about it, isn't it? There's not much else going on. I was like... What else we talk about in January? Obviously, we've got players coming back. Um, Tom, how excited are you to see Ollie Denham back at the club? 43 minutes he's played at Dundee this season. Uh, that's the madness. Already. In the case. Yeah. That's He played place. in the game like, that they lost, I think, to like a third division team and has never been really seen since.
2: Yeah, like we genuinely thought that he might be knocking on the door of being involved in our first team.
0: And well, like, he played in like the Liverpool, Liverpool game, 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 didn't he? Yeah. yeah and he looked all right.
2: I think that. Sometimes right. they go, people go on these loans and it doesn't work out and they come back and they're fine. But I don't know, it is a little bit worrying because we've had other players go to Scotland and play a lot more minutes than that. Um, but yeah, it shows that we haven't even got depth into our youth now, even though we're promising players aren't even playing games, which isn't great. But, you know, hopefully you get sent on another loan and he plays a little bit more than that. Perhaps you just didn't fit the system. You know, you, you never know with these loan moves. They... I we, out the moment,
0: we have to. I, we have to. We we can. I think we can send him out, but we can't play him and send him out because you only played for three, uh, two clubs in a calendar year, which is why we didn't play Eli King. So we could send Denham back out again, but we couldn't play him. Couldn't play him for the club.
1: But could? But would you like, want it the moment? Like we've literally got two centre
0: backs. Well, no, but I mean, it's it's completely up to bullet, isn't it? But I guess it depends what happens over the next week with transfers. We we could have a centre back lined up to come in. Um, I have no idea. Um, I don't think anyone does. Um, uh, ben, final point, really, uh, before we before we round off the pod, we're coming up to an hour, so we're, we're still keeping it pro. Um, it's quite nice not to have a game in it for until February the third.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to have a weekend that's not just full of disappointment. To be honest.
0: Well, you can find disappointment elsewhere.
1: I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll do something. Uh, the weather might be shit. I mean, there is there go. another storm? There's a storm coming. Another storm coming in there.
0: Storm beginning with an knee at the moment. 70 mile an hour winds apparently coming uh, tomorrow.
1: Um, that might ruin it. I mean, I might not get to enjoy this weekend either. But for now, it's the idea that Cardiff City are
0: ruining it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Tom, what are you going to do without football? Well, I'm gonna Cardiff, watch Man-
2: yeah, I'm going to watch Spurs Man City at the Tottenham oh. Stadium because I thought I'd treat oh. myself to you know, some actual football. So Going into Man City, endo, aren't you? Because you're a glory hunter. I'm not a glory hunter. I'm undercover as a I'm there as a neutral. I'm gonna end up on a like a Danny Dyer doc. You know, I'm actually just undercover. I don't know where I'm gonna go I with I'm this. One. Sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't yeah, I'm just yeah. say grass. So I don't really want to be that. I'm gonna watch a game of football and a friend's a man city fan have got me a ticket. That's all. I'm picturing there.
1: you like you know like uh, Harry Enfield sketch with Perry spends a week up in Manchester and comes back doing like the looking look like someone from Oasis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, To be fair, Man City City fans are mental, though. Yeah, because you've been been in a Man City end, so you can't give me shit. Yeah, no, I was joking.
0: We were in the Man City end for the Arsenal game on New Year's Day last year when Rodri scored the late goal. And the game ended in the away end with a Man City fan who'd be giving the Arsenal fans so much stuff all game. He ended the game by running and trying to swan dive into the the home end over the stewards. And the stewards, caught him. the stewards caught him in the air, dirty dancing style. and were like, nope, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, that's it, really. should probably leave the podcast there. Um, what well, are you doing this
2: weekend, to um, bud?
0: Probably nothing, to be honest, mate. Um, <laughs> no, swan diving over, no, no swan diving into away ends for me. Um, it's FA Cup weekend, so I might try and watch some of that, play some darts somewhere. That kind of, that kind of caper. You know, a bit of a laugh. Sounds nice, yeah. Yeah, that sound nice, doesn't it? Hopefully, no storms coming our way. Um, that's it. A another a
1: our way. Let's face it, it's Cardiff City, <laughs>
0: yeah. That's true, actually. Storm where we were on E. Oh, we've already had could have had Storm Dalman. Um, what kind what of that storm Vincent Tan, anyway. Um, good podcast, lads. Did you enjoy that?
2: Yeah, it wasn't as yeah? like uh-huh. deflating as it could have been. I thought it was okay. No. It was quite a
0: beat, quite a beat. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening once again to The View from the Ninian. Um, if you like what we do, get us at twitter.com forward slash VFTninian. Head to our website. You can find our... Uh, head to our Twitter. You can find our link tree, linktree.com forward slash VFTninian. You can find all the links there to get in touch with us. um KOFI.com forward slash VFTninian if you want to um give us some money. um We do this for the love, not the money. Thanks to our sponsor, Cardiff Classic Football Shirts. Thank you for sponsoring us once again. We just want to end the podcast by saying it's five years since Emiliano Salah Um, passed away tragically as he um, was heading over to sign for us um, in the second half of that season Um, I still think that sometimes we miss the point and we miss the fact that there was a human at the the heart of all this Um, we talk about the court case, we talk about the transfers and the impact it has but we always forget that there was just a man coming to sign for us to play football and he carried a lot of our hopes and dreams towards that second half of the season and I think at this time, five years down the line, we should always keep Salah's family in our thoughts always. Thank you very much